Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to Exposed Dragged Out. It's the podcast where I, Joseph Shepard, talk to some individuals who may or may not have been on a RuPaul's Drag Race franchise. Now, it is Tuesday, which means it's classic Exposed Tuesday. And every Tuesday, we go back in time and pull out an interview that you may or may not have heard. Uh, And Thursdays, we always have our new episodes. But this Tuesday, we are going to my third interview that I have ever had. And that was with the one and only Pearl. Now, Pearl, I went to Pearl's actual house. You know, some people like Alaska, little did you know, I rented Alaska's house for herself because she said she wanted a nice, beautiful house. And I wanted my interview with Alaska. So what Alaska asked for, I get. But Pearl was actually her place. Uh, went there. It was a whole lot of fun. Literally, Pearl and her boyfriend are the most amazing and sweetest people, literally to the core. I brought Pearl some weed as a thank you. And it was like this like multi um, pack of like all these different types of strands and stuff. And afterwards, Pearl and I smoked. And it was so cool to be doing this with a queen and to be on a really good level Um, I still kept in contact with Pearl and um, also her boyfriend to this day. I love them. Um, I would say this interview was very eye-opening to me and it also just allowed Pearl to just be in her own moment and to be able to tell her story. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear it all. So here is Pearl Exposed. Beauty, fashion, creativity, and so much more. She won her way into our hearts on season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. Her name's Pearl, and she's about to be exposed. (laughs) Are you ready? Not again. Not again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I mean, it's actually your place, right? Yeah, no. Welcome to my home. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So take me back to Little Pearl. You're in Florida. Mm Mm-hmm. And you said that you used to draw ritual ladies with big diamonds and furs, and that led to your drag persona. So how did that come to be? Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to draw, and that's what I liked to, to draw. I like to draw naked ladies, too. Okay. Um, I have, I remember this like it was yesterday, but I remember my mother finding a bunch of drawings of naked women in my closet. And um, I was like so embarrassed and, you know, she was like, oh, ha ha ha, it's the beginning of this whatever. But really I was just like infatuated with like women and women's bodies and femininity and all of that. It was not like a sexual thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like she probably would have thought at that time. That it was, yeah, you being into women, but little did she know. Yeah, I wasn't just like drawing titties. I was drawing (laughs) like women like, you know. Um, and then how did that end up actually turning into the drag aesthetic? Well, I couldn't afford anything except like store lingerie and, mm-hmm. you know, like cheap furs and stuff. But so it was just kind of like an aesthetic that worked for me. I was all about makeup and wigs and like accessories versus like the fashion, I guess. Okay. So it was just like cheap and, you know, it's like easy to translate that kind of drawing of like a woman and like lots of fur and jewelry and translate that into drag versus, I don't know, like fashionable garments and things. Exactly. So like you used a different way to be able to get into it. 
Yeah. When you uh, you ended up moving to Chicago. Yeah. And the first time you did drag was with Kimchi for Halloween. Yes. What were you? How how did that go? Was it just you and drag, or was it an actual? Oh, character? I was a yeah. I was like a she devil. So uh -huh. I had a friend make this like red mermaid dr cut dress, which was horribly inconvenient to wear throughout the <laughs> night, especially for your first time. Um, and I made like a pitchfork with, it was awful. It was like a, what did I use? It was like a broomstick with, um, I think I used foil and red duct tape to create like the stuff. So you like it. went to the dollar store for your drag. Like it was like, well, the, the dress was actually really beautiful, uh -huh. but, um, my accessories <laughs> that accessories. I made myself were, were garbage. Yeah. And, um, did you use, have you, you and Kimchi still friends? Yeah. Guys, yeah, I've seen her recently. We you know, hang out when we can in LA. That's awesome. Yeah. So after Halloween, and did you start doing drag weekly? Like, when did it become an actual thing that you were doing? Kind of immediately. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, like the first time we went out, we were seen and invited to come back in drag. So. That's so cool. And then it just became a little bit of a hobby. Yeah. And then like a year and a half later, a year and a half later, you end yeah. up on Drag Race. Yeah. What was your audition video like? Like, what was that process like? My audition video was great. I had a friend in Chicago who did a couple of other Drag Racers videos. He did like Dieter Ritz's video. <laughs> and um, uh, I can't remember who else, but yeah, I had somebody do it for me and it was a great video. It was really entertaining and I looked great in it, even though my drag was so DIY and kitschy at the time. But I don't know. I wasn't really surprised when I got on Drag Race. Really? <laughs> I mean, where, where were I, of you? course I was shocked and everything, but I um, did such great things in Chicago with drag that it just made sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like Chicago, what, coming into doing drag in Chicago was a lot different when I left Chicago, mm -hmm. the way the drag scene there. Where were you when you got that phone call? Um, I was at my apartment in New York. So I had moved to New York and then I got the call like maybe three or four weeks later. So I was at home. I mean, they tell you to be at home. They get you on like webcam. So yeah, they tell you to get into a quiet room by yourself and <laughs> we're just gonna have one more interview with you and then yeah they tell you that you're on that's so cool and then you get on drag race and recently we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit further in your my past video mm -hmm. you said that you were like in a dark time when you were on drag race yeah i didn't realize that i was in a dark time at that time though mm -hmm. i was like in a like a exhaust, I was in like an exhausted point in my life where I was like really beat up and like broken down, but still like fighting through. I don't know. I didn't like get to this point in my life where there like, was this turning point in my life where I realized like I had so much stuff that, that was I going had, on. Yeah, yeah, and like had gone through, and I don't know. Like when I was there, I was just kind of hardened. There wasn't mm -hmm. like. Um, enlightened yet, I guess. Looking back on it, do you wish that you could you could have done Drag Race without that mindset, without that? Would you have rather of have course. done that? Of course, yeah. Do you think you would have had as many memorable moments? Yeah, I would have had better moments. I mean, I was just like struggling when going through like mental stuff, like my whole life really. Mm -hmm. So I just think about 
like everything would have been easier had I not been going through that. But you know, I don't know. I don't. It's weird. It's, yeah. I don't like wish that my life was different or I'm not that person, you know. But yeah, like, would I like to go through Drag Race again, knowing what I know now about myself? Well, of course. You uh, you turned out looks, and then your snatch. I, I think you did. I think kinda. you turned out for the time. Kind of for the time. For the time. Okay, yeah. For the time. <laughs> um, and your Snatch Game is Big Ange was great. Thanks. Um, did you ever hear anything from her before she passed? No, I didn't. But, you know, I'm sure she was going through a, a <laughs> lot at that time. Yeah. Before dying. So, yeah, I didn't take it personally. Yeah. But that was still still a very big highlight of your career on Drag Race. Thanks. Yeah, I wanted to pay homage to her. Homage. Was, homage. Homage. Uh, and then another big moment that you had before Vanjie and before we had the whole Valentina lip sync fiasco, you had one of the memes of the season. Mm -hmm. um, so my one question to you is, was there actually something on your face? <laughs> well, she was just looking at me like there was. <laughs> I had to ask. So she had to ask. <laughs> I had to um, ask. But that moment ended up becoming something so big. Mm -hmm. And you know, seen amongst everybody. And then you talked about it recently in Hey Queen. Mm -hmm. And you said that, you know, nothing really matters unless the camera's on, which then turned into this big whirlwind of lots of different things, you know, different outlets picking things up. And then I heard that you had a producer call you and say that you're not going to be on <laughs> All Stars or asked back on, you know, Drag Race at yeah, all. Yeah, for sure. Do you regret saying what you said or do you still feel the same way or what's your feelings on that whole situation now i don't know <laughs> i mean it's just unfortunate i think it's unfortunate because that was such a defining moment and it's like not necessarily a moment that should define me correct you know i've had like more than one party promoter like invite me to do a show and they said at the end of the gig like wow this was such an amazing experience i didn't know what it was going to be like you know because apparently i came off as such a specific kind of mm -hmm. like in such a weird way i guess on tv that people didn't really get to know who i who you are who i am yeah who i actually am which is like great you know i am not a very high maintenance diva queen who's out i'm like kind of a good time girl so it was just been interesting trying to navigate getting out of that like character correct that was that was built around me i guess and then after all of that controversy happened and the hey queen stuff happened and people you did have queens that did come out and support you and you did have people oh that yeah did say that you know that is technically what happens on the show um well way more queens you know, had discussions with me in private and they did publicly. That's nice. You know, of course. You know, I don't blame every, like, drag queens for not coming out publicly yeah. and saying anything. You know, I get it. Do you feel, I know that recently, like, also on Instagram, you said that you would go back on an All-Stars and you yeah. said that you would win. Had, do you, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. was just talking shit. But, but I mean, you know. <laughs> do you Do you think that that bridge can be repair do you think that there's a possibility in the future i mean it's not anything that i'm like thinking about it's fine like i'm i feel like i'm doing the best i'm doing great things for myself yeah. regardless of drag race um i like the I idea of being an artist who is independent of like a big commercial production that is a show like drag race anyway so i'm i'm not 
vying, I wouldn't vie to be on Drag Race again, but I mean, it was an amazing experience and I do feel like I've grown exponentially since the show and it would, it's kind of a shame to not, for someone like me to not be on it. Correct. You know, but I mean, it's not something that I'm crying about or wishing like things could be different. Yeah. It's fine. Everything's cool. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty cool too because you did make top three. Yeah. You did end up, you know, being able to tour the whole world. You're literally yeah. seen by so many people because you made it so far. I know. And I do not have any like things to say about Drag Race in that regard. Like, I am so grateful to Drag Race. For sure. I am not stupid. I know that I have all of these things because of Drag Race. You know, I think like things got a little misconstrued when Correct. I was just being open and honest about my experience. And I mean, it, it's, it is a reality show too. You know, I think that that's a thing that a lot of times people forget, especially the Twitter world, especially the people that, you know, are the fans now. You know, I think that people forget it is a reality show. And you know, you guys have a totally different experience than what is technically seen through the eyes of somebody. Yeah. And I think that people forget that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I mean, like at the time it was, it was just kind of like, for some reason, it was just kind of like hard for me to swallow that mm -hmm. this is the way that it has to be on set, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying. It was just weird. I, it felt a little bit heavier in that moment. Yeah. In that time than maybe it it's, would feel now. It's kind of like, from what I'm hearing from you saying, it's kind of like you were expecting more of like a Big Brother experience where like the cameras are fully on you 24-7 and whatever plays, plays. I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't, no, I, it, nothing shocked me about being on set except for the way RuPaul was, acted, mm -hmm. which was very unusual. She was yeah. a very unusual behaved person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, whatever, it's all good. Have you heard from Ru since the show or heard from her since the comments? No, of course no? not. <laughs> Do you think that she keeps in contact she with anybody? She texted me and was she, very upset. Yeah. And she really... She yeah. FaceTimed you. Yeah, she showed up at my house, you know. <laughs> she hacked all of my Instagram accounts. RuPaul was your hacker. She was my hacker. She was your hacker. <laughs> <laughs> so you make top three. Yeah. Uh, did you think that you were going to make it to the top three? When you walked into no. the workroom the first day, what did you think? I don't know. It was like, honestly, well, at this point, it was like five years ago. It was like mm -hmm. a really long time ago. And I was just kind of like blacked out with nervousness and anxiety the entire time. Mm -hmm. So it just, it, I was in kind of like a dreamlike state the entire time I was filming. It just was a really bizarre thing. I don't know. It was really, I was never comfortable. You know, you look at other queens and it's like, they've never been more comfortable mm -hmm. than being on set. On drag. Like, you know, Bob the Drag Queen, for instance. Yeah. He's like thriving in that environment. But I just never felt comfortable. There goes a nail. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> yeah. I think people think that I couldn't like handle sh the whole showbiz thing in, you know, like, oh, nothing you say matters unless the cameras are rolling. Well, that showbiz, get over it. It's like, oh, I can definitely handle that. I think mm -hmm. it was, it's like RuPaul's everybody say love message just being a complete farce that yeah. was kind of 
the biggest thing for me. Yeah, it was just a complete 180 from what you had seen on TV yeah. and what well, you. Well, it's were like they say, never brought. meet your heroes. Exactly. So it was like that experience. She wasn't like this enlightened individual, this queer like icon in that moment to me. Yeah, it was just kind of like. Like, I don't think you are that enlightened, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you would say that in that kind of situation. That stinks, though. It's like a... It doesn't. It's fine. Like, I can handle that. It just was a letdown in the moment. In the moment, she's yeah. She's fine. I'm sure she's not, you know, a monster. But <laughs> I just kind of... I did, she just My idea of her changed in that yeah. moment. So you did mention your nudes that ended up <laughs> yeah. coming out and leaking. Yeah, I mean... Um, so it's that, not like I want to talk about that moment, but oh yeah, of course. It was just but, like a moment that was really kind of awkward in a time where I was being like ridiculed a lot. What are you ridiculed for? Oh, I mean everything. I mean it's just things that we all go through ridicule. Yeah. Everyone's talking shit about drag race queens on the internet, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of people talking about shit about drag race queens <laughs> on the internet, <laughs> yeah. Season seven for a lot of fans people consider that like the worst season. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Because you guys you guys had so many good queens that come, came from your season. Like, yeah. You know, you have you, you have Violet, you have Trixie, you have Katya, you have all these people. Like, why do you think Well, not even that. It The season seven shifted the dynamic of Drag Race. I mean, like so many amazing artistic queens were able to go on Drag Race and flourish because of season seven. Mm -hmm. Like being that sort of visual, visually centered season. And um, I, I, it's not that um, people weren't entertained. It was just like a different kind of entertainment. They didn't realize they were being entertained in a different kind of way, mm -hmm. you know. Then, you know, queens like Naomi Small, Sasha Velour, Kim Chi, Aquaria, you know, they went on Drag Race and they, you know, barely gave you a meme, mm -hmm. but nobody ever said anything about it because yeah. they were like able to express themselves in their true artistic form. Yeah without saying dance monkey dance how can we not making us laugh you know <laughs> so but it's fine i'll take that like hit for the rest of the show <laughs> why not you also during all of this stuff that was happening um you also released an album yeah and i think that it gave a different vibe to what people would consider music done by drag queens mm -hmm. you know you had more of an edm like more of like you know a dance type record that you put yeah. out um, well, I just hate how, like, when you go on Drag Race, you come out with an album and everyone's, like, a singer that goes on Drag Race. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just naturally am the type of person to do other things, you know? I just, I'm always trying to do, like, the opposite. I don't know. Yeah, well, you're doing everything. You're I'm drawing, you're doing... Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I have my hands in a lot of different pots, but I just wanted to deliver something that was a little different. And I was, like, partying and raving a lot at the time. So, I don't know. I just, I liked electronic music and wanted to deliver something that was a little more listenable and to, like, a greater audience. Mm -hmm. So, Would you do another album? Um, I would. I don't know. Maybe not. I'm a little more visually creative than... Visual album. That would be cool. I could see that. Yeah, I'd have to teach myself how to do that, but <laughs> I don't know. I have enough projects going on. <laughs> <laughs>
You recently, a few months ago, put out a video on your YouTube called My Past, mm -hmm. and you went into some pretty great detail over the things that have happened in your life from trauma that's happened to you over the years. And what led you to make that? And what led you to want to speak out? Because I know that when in the first of the video, you said that you were kind of hesitant. And then you did this, and I think that it was a really great thing that I think that a lot of LGBT youth and a lot of people that are coming out or have come out have a lot of very similar or almost similar experiences mm -hmm. to what you had. What, what led you to do that? Just the need to connect with my audience more. Um, I never really realized that there was so like such greatness in having a supportive audience and i had done so much like self-hating that i thought my audience was more like speculating me than like supporting me and like encouraging me so i just broke out of that and realized that i had something great with my audience and wanted to be more honest with like like my experience on this like my past has a lot to do with like what happened on the show like in a weird way rupaul saw things in me that i hadn't quite yet like seen correct so i like reacted to that and i don't know i don't know like after the show i just kind of went through this journey and i realized that i should be more open about who i am like not only with myself but with you know the people that are supporting me so was the response good? Did you get yeah. people reaching out and stuff? Yeah. I mean, like, I still get messages, like, daily for that video. How does that make you feel? Um, it feels good. I don't know. I don't like, like, being a high drama person. I feel yeah. like I, you know, you look at other queens like Alaska or Bob or Katya, and, you know, they just have this like light and this energy and whatever. And I don't want to be like a drag queen who's known for like their traumatic past. Or yeah. You know, I don't want it to be like my storyline or yeah. anything like that. So, but you know, it's a part of me and it's something that, you know, it helps people when I open up about it. So it's something that should be celebrated and yeah. out there, not like, I don't know, bashfully cowering from that, part of my life you know but that's good though i mean I, to be able to accept it and say it out loud is one thing yeah and to be able to have yeah. people i mean that's that's a big thing because like i think until you actually say something and say something to somebody else you know you're just keeping it on the inside and you literally are not yeah coming to terms with things like that on your own is one thing and then like sharing it with like your closest allies is another thing and then like putting it on blast for like hundreds of thousands of people is like on a whole other level so that's why it's like taken so long i guess but Five i'm also years. i'm also glad that you did it in the way that you want to do it as opposed to being exploited kind of on the show oh. for saying it. oh my god yeah like there's moments on the show where it's like cringe where yes it's like baby yeah it's like keep the moment for yourself like make it real yeah you know and I wasn't rad. There was no way I was even like ready to think about it when I was on the show, yeah. much less like discuss it. And they totally were trying to like talk about things that I was not even like, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So they, I haven't even gone there in my own yeah. mind. Like, why are you trying to talk about this kind of stuff with me? I'm not talking about that. <laughs> well, that's good. You said no. And then you did it in your own time. Yeah. But anyway, these queens are like open. 
<laughs> Immediately. A little bit too much. It's yeah. like, it's almost your time to go. Now speak up. Yeah. Like <laughs> using these moments to stick around almost. Yeah. Which is kind of the sad part about it because you shouldn't exploit your own self. It's gross. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it. It's gross to do it that is gross. on it's not, TV. It's not the best. So breaking away from a little bit of the serious now, there was a little rumor on the internet. I want you to clear this up. Okay. Was Scarlet Envy your drag daughter? Oh, uh, no, definitely not. But she was like a really good friend of mine. So, okay. Um, basically, the, like the most motherly thing that I would do would be sending her away with suitcases full of like old drag that I was always getting rid of. I would always like <laughs> dump off all of this old drag onto her, onto Scarlett. <clears throat> and uh, she was Honey's like godmother. Okay. So every time I would leave town, Scarlett would watch Honey. Aww. Yeah. It's so it's funny watching Scarlett go from like my nanny to <laughs> <laughs> like the most famous drag queen in the world. <laughs> yeah, but I was so happy for her when she got on the show. That's awesome. Yeah. So now that that's cleared up. <laughs> um, is that like a rumor? Yes. Literally everybody on Reddit was like, is it true? Is it fake? And somebody would say yes. And somebody would say no. And no, somebody would not say yes. like God, not like drag daughter but yeah. yeah like she um gave me one of my first shows in brooklyn and yeah we're just like really good friends it's cool yeah are you friends with anybody else from your season do you keep in contact like are you close friends with anybody from your well, season? i'm friendly with everyone from my season but or are I mean, you like buddy buddy with anybody i don't see anyone regularly yeah no but i keep in touch yeah with pretty much that's almost crazy. everyone that's pretty crazy yeah i mean I have to think like how close in touch that is. Maybe like what once every six months I talk to <laughs> everyone from the season, I guess. It's kinda like a, a family. Kind of, yeah. Dysfunctional, bad family. I don't know, some of them not so much, but <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's been making me laugh quite a bit and your fans really love is Roxanne. They love Roxanne. Everybody loves Roxanne. How did that come to be? How did you like, was it just you one day like randomly putting on a wig and then just a voice? Like what, what happened? <laughs> well, Roxanne's like my illustrations, right? Mm -hmm. So I basically, <laughs> I don't know. I. She's like a culmination of so many things. She's like this character that's been in my head. She's always existed in my drag a little bit. She's always existed in my art. And she was really brought out like with like the beauty, like the, this, the discovery of the beauty community on YouTube, mm -hmm. which I think is hysterical and I'm totally tuned in with like all the dramas and everything. I like watch it like it's days of our lives. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I don't know. I was trying to get more into like video stuff and YouTube and I thought I it was really cool concept i didn't really understand what youtube was um but when i realized that people were making like so much money off of it and um like getting to express like their art on youtube i thought it was something that i could get into and i don't know it just feels like this really cheesy formula mm -hmm. to like be a youtube star and I, I don't know i just couldn't ever take it seriously so roxanne was sort of Porn through, uh -huh. like my um, trying to get into YouTube and realizing <laughs> it wasn't for me, and um, just like loving all the drama that comes with it. 
Are there going to be more characters? I've thought about it, but I don't know. I'm just focusing on Roxanne right now, yeah. I guess. Yeah, she's enough for now, for sure. Yeah, she's she's insane. Yeah, it would be fun to do other characters, though. I mean, if you went back on Drag Race, I think you should do Roxanne first. You know, oh, I'd probably game. walk in as Roxanne. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> She'd have to make, like, a runway appearance. For <laughs> yes, for, for absolutely sure. You're re- you've transform like from what we saw on the show to like a Roxanne like doing complete like you know your prosthetic type things with the lips and you know the craziness that you're doing um and the aesthetic of the makeup has been so awesome you did Drew Barrymore yeah and <laughs> Drew Barrymore saw Drew Barrymore yeah what was that like it was pretty cool it was very validating um <laughs> not really in with a bunch of celebrities or anything yeah. so to be recognized by someone like Drew Barrymore who is like one of my favorite people in the world. That's pretty cool. Favorite, favorite Drew Barrymore movie. movie? My favorite Drew Barrymore movie? Oh my God. Probably Never Been Kissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't say E.T., so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne is E.T. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so recently, your social media accounts were hacked. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I can imagine. Did you figure out where it came from, how it happened. I like did some weird magical spells and tracked it down, like tracked an IP address down to somewhere in the lands of Turkey. And all of my um, languages were changed to Turkish. And yeah, I have no idea what that was. That is so bizarre. Because it it literally was like every account, wasn't it? Oh, every account I've ever like created a password for was hacked. Like my bank accounts, my emails like business negotiations were all like taken away wow everything everything was hacked uber grubhub (laughs) (laughs) everything says and then on top of that you and some other queens have been having some drama with elite queens and management and stuff like that yeah i had like a really crazy week and i was on vacation in hawaii for like three weeks Mm -hmm. and um I, like, broke my phone, and, like, from there, all of these horrible things started happening, like, within a few days of each other. But I essentially lost, like, everything that I have, like, built and worked for for, like, the last 10 years of my life were, like, completely gone. Like, it's insane. Like, within a matter of a few days. Yeah, it was really crazy. What, what fully happened with the management thing? Oh, God, it's such a long, like, crazy story. But... Essentially, my manager was sued by somebody who is a horrible person. And, um, like, he ended up getting into, like, some crazy financial issues. And I never expected him to, like, handle it the way that he handled it. Because, like, he, we've all known each other for so long. Like, we've been friends, like, way before Drag Race and uh yeah it was just like really crazy to see him like essentially steal all of our <gasps> merch and profits and like gig money and yeah were you are you out money oh yeah for sure he has like gig money and yeah merch money so he was holding my merch from me for a while and then i had to get like really nasty and start threatening <laughs> <laughs> Which I hate that I have to do like crazy shit like that, but 
you know, I got my merch back at least, and thank God it all sold within yeah. a few days. So I was able to like break even. That's my expenses. good. But yeah, I'm still like out money. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> oh. I mean, I don't know why I've had uh, I've had a horrific experience with managers since Drag Race. And that's like another reason that I've been so like, oh God, everything just has to change. I have to take complete control of like my life. I want to be in control of everything. Like I want to be like self-sufficient. I don't want to rely on anybody to do anything at this point. So are you independent now? I have somebody helping me with my management, you know? Yeah. Because I can't handle like all of these emails and stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah, you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, as far as my like merchandise goes, you know, I want to be more of like a one-off artist. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to create like a brand by any means yeah. right now. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to like hustle, I guess. And are you fully letting the management thing go and losing that money that you had? Are you looking to recoup it back? Oh, I mean, like, what, sue him? Yeah. <laughs> you ask me, I'm going to sue him? Well, it's a lot more, it takes a lot more money to sue somebody than, yeah, than like, to act what I would be getting back, unfortunately. Just, Otherwise, we all would have sued by now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, people always say, oh, well, sue him, sis, sue him, sis. <laughs> like, easier said than done. You can't just sue somebody. There's Correct. So, so much, much involved. Yeah, I wish people would stop telling everyone to just sue someone when they've been done wrong. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like literally the least helpful thing you could say yeah <laughs> sue him sis yeah so you are a very creative person you thanks you draw you do your sculptures mm -hmm. you do so many things not only in your drag aesthetic if you had to choose a different career mm -hmm. besides just doing drag as your main thing what do you think you would be if you had to give up drag altogether oh my god I don't know. I feel like I have my hands in so many pots and I'm kind of like a jack of all trades, but a master of none sometimes. <laughs> but I was a hairdresser full time before I was a drag queen full time. So maybe I would be doing like an extension of that. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I like to think that I would be like living in a cottage by the sea making sculptures for a living, <laughs> but that doesn't seem realistic today. I have absolutely no idea how to answer that question but i would hope that i would just be an artist of some yeah form. in some capacity yeah so you have your creative outlet yeah i mean i'm the kind of person that doesn't need to be rich you know like i grew up with no money and <clears throat> i just need to be able to support myself and like be happy i'm not the kind of person that needs like to do like gigs five nights a week and like rake in coins and live lavishly at all yeah so speaking of happy are you truly happy right now oh i'm so happy right now yeah yeah living life yeah everything's like really peaceful and calm and i have somebody that loves me and everything's just like a really easy right now and i have a great relationship with my audience i'm able to like create art and sell art and sell myself and wait that sounds weird but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know i'm like you know, I still like to do like one or two gigs and travel a month. Just keep it like really low key and enjoyable. Yeah. And be able to like connect with people when I travel rather than 
drag my tired ass and yeah. luggage around the world. Like that's just not. But it's kind of like you found a good balance now. I found such a good balance with like everything right now. And you know, I'm still working on new things, you know. I still want to give back creatively as much mm -hmm. as I can. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know what I would do if I wasn't a drag queen though. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for Pearl? Uh, well, um, it sounds so weird, but I think I might be moving to Hawaii at the end of the year. Wow. Yeah. Like my boyfriend lives there and it's a place that has always like spiritually brought me to it many times. I've been there like eight or nine or 10 times at this point. And I don't know, like I like LA and I like, um, like being so accessible to everything here, but I'm really like anti-social and kind of like anti-everything and I kind of just want to move away to the jungle. You know that what I mean? That would be nice though. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I'm just really easy going with it right now. Like my boyfriend eventually has to go back. Yeah. So <laughs> like he's here with me right now, but uh, he has to go back and I would like to go back with him. But I don't know, that could be like as temporary as I want it to be. Exactly. I don't know, I, like my life is just kind of an adventure, so. You only live once. You gotta take those opportunities when they present themselves. You really do. Like when else would you move to Hawaii? Yeah. Like, when is this opportunity ever gonna come back? Exactly. <laughs> you take it, you do it, and then, like you said, like you can take the gigs as you want. You can do what you want. You can actually put in passion you know, yeah. to your projects. Yeah, I mean, I eventually wanna live a life where money is not even like an object in my world, not because I have so much of it, but because I don't have to exchange it with anybody anymore. Exactly. I just have my own space, have my own land and like live off of the land. Really? That's what my human nature is like bringing me back to. That's nice. Yeah. I was just out there like looking at properties. Is so it, do knows? you like, is it beautiful? Like just your vibe? Yeah, stunning. There's, nothing wrong with it <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that you talk about in this interview um, is your fans and how important they are to you so has there been any words of wisdom that you have been given over the course of your career or a motto that you live by that you believe could help lgbt community or fans or anybody who's watching this interview i don't know because <laughs> I don't know because I, um, the way that I've always handled problems and issues in my life was to like run away from them. <laughs> so it's like always worked for me. So I guess like run away from your problems, kids. Move to LA. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's the perfect way. Run no, away from your problems. Like I don't have wisdom for anybody. Like yeah, things get better with time and all of that. But really, like, when things are going really wrong in my life, I have a tendency to abandon and just, like, jump ship and, like, reinvent myself. I've done it, like, three or four times now. And I don't know. I don't see life as, like, like the way normal people see it, I guess. I don't know. I see, like, every day as a new opportunity and a new adventure to abort and reboot and start over yeah i like it it's exciting like it it's is more exciting. exciting that way if you can just be your own person you can literally do whatever you want to do if you just 
stop thinking like what you have in this present moment is all that you have or everything that you're you've worked for you know i don't know i've like thrown everything in the dumpster and just like flown across the country so many times at this point that <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just, just like, the norm now it's just yeah it feels right to like purge my life and start fresh I think that, that was some great words of wisdom. <laughs> that was great words of wisdom. You went into like a little a little moment. That was cute. Yeah. There you go, guys. So pack up and leave and come to LA. Yeah, move to LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out and inviting me to your home. That's okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and thank you for letting me expose you. Yeah. Hopefully you got to get a little off your chest, but also at the same time, you know. Yeah. Be able to be you. Yeah, thank you for um, giving me that opportunity. Of course. Um, <laughs> I'm Joseph, and this right here is the lovely Pearl. Um, until next time, we'll see you. If you like what you see, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. Um, Pearl, what's your YouTube? Plug yourself. Plug yourself. It's uh, youtube.com slash pearlbazaar. There you go. <laughs> Follow her on all her socials. Um, if you like what you see and you want more of these interviews with uh, lovely queens and people of the LGBT community, make sure that you click the little button down below. Patreon's right down there. Um, until next time, bye guys. Expose yourself. Ooh. Show them what you